Throughout the years, working title films and writer Richard Curtis have captured the euphoria, hysteria, and humiliation of love. With the films Four Weddings and a Funeral, Notting Hill, and Bridget Jones's Diary. This holiday season, join this unforgettable filmmaking team. Welcome, Prime Minister. This is Natalie. Hello, David. I mean, sir. 20 years ago, you'd have been just his time. <laughs> As they explore that time of year, when desires are revealed. I'm in love. Aren't you but young to be in love? No. Oh, well, okay. Secrets are exposed. Your secretary is very pretty. Mister. Be careful, then. And chances are finally taken. All I want for Christmas is you. <laughs> Universal Pictures invites you. What's the best sex you've ever had? Britney Spears. No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> she was rubbish. To take everything you know about love. You have this kind of problem? Yeah, of course you did, you saucy mings. And multiply it by eight. Would you excuse me for one second? Okay, that's done. This will be Hugh Grant, Liam Neeson, Colin Firth, Laura Linney, Emma Thompson, Alan Rickman, Rowan Atkinson, Kira Knightley. Christmas is the time to be with the people you love. Yeah, I need a car. This holiday season. Uh, does Natalie live here? All you need. Oh. Hello. Is love actually? Are you seeing carols? I suppose I could. Please, Good King Wenceslas looked out on the feast of Stephen. When the snow lay round about, deep and crisp and even. The United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland, united with the Acts of Union of 1707 and 1800, are responsible for some of humanity's worst atrocities. <laughs> the creation of the first concentration camps during the Boer Wars, the direct oh. starvation of 10 to 20 million Indians during their colonial occupation, including up to 4 million by Winston Churchill directly during World War II. And notwithstanding the chattel slave trade and the whole, you know, Palestine, Israel thing, what I'm trying to say is yeah. love actually from 2003 belongs at the top of the list. Oh, my God. So you didn't like it? I you we will get to the <laughs> tier ratings at the end. But I would like to say from people with your inference, I guess you can say that or deductive that reasoning seal, inferring some information from something indirectly. Got it. I think that may give it away. Yes, I think so too. And I was confused as to whether this was an English film or more so, was it just a big thing in England? But apparently this is well-loved in the States. It is well-loved. And here's the thing. I've already heard from multiple people, okay? It's okay to like things. We're all having fun here. Brett and Lucy on the path. You know, we're just having some drinks, having a nice little chat. It's fine if you like it. <laughs> I have decide if I like this film or not. I've decided, but again, wait till the end. So yes, here we are, Love Actually 2003. Uh, by the time this comes out, though, on Friday, December 1st, welcome 
to Christmas season. Yay! The deadline for the bad movie request month of January will have passed. So you're too late in that aspect. And we will start choosing those throughout. We'll start recording them throughout December. And then we will let you know what they're going to be. The nominations so far are just absolute dreck. And I can't yeah. wait. I can't wait to see what we pull out of the hat. Yeah, some of them have been immediately, we do not want to do this like at all. At all, at all. It's still going in the hatch, but we're like, no, no, no. And then there's some that are, I think you've seen, I haven't seen. None of them I've seen yet. So whatever it is, it's going to be brand new for me. That is, I totally forgot to respond to somebody that requested a movie that we were not going to touch. Oh, yeah. What movie I know was what it one again? You mean. What movie it was, was it? It uh, was the Johnny Knoxville one. Oh, yes. The Ringer. Yeah. The Ringer. That's so, a no for me. If you're listening out there and you requested it, hopefully by now hearing this, you would have gotten our email back being like, we are not going to touch <laughs> Johnny Knoxville's movie about The Ringer where he fakes being in the Special Olympics. Yeah, I can't. No, I we're can't. not. No, no, we're not. No, no. <laughs> We make a lot of crass jokes in here. We talk about, although we're going to bring up 9-11 here, and it's not my fault. It's not this, your fault. This movie brings it up within 90 seconds. I so I couldn't believe cr- it. I screamed. I cried out loud laughing. I was just sat in my living room with a little cup of tea. And, you know, it's become a bit of an ongoing joke that Brett specifically will bring up 9-11 at any chance I don't gets. mean to. I promise. In the in the prologue, in the Optimus Prime style opening monologue of the film, he talks about it. The, the Yeah, whoever you call the narrator at the beginning, it is within like 92 or 94 seconds from the opening credits, not from him yeah. talking. It's probably like this eighth word that he says. And I'm getting my notes ready on the computer and I just have a conniption because I'm like, that wasn't me. That wasn't <laughs> me. I didn't even request this movie. I've never seen it. Well, you've seen it now. So the street... God, don't remind me. So the streak continues on us <laughs> talking about 9-11. We'll see. Stay tuned for the very, very end. And you'll see what we talk about next movie Christmas. And the only way 9-11 will get brought up is if I do it specifically. Because the movie yeah. we're going to talk about next week was a decade or two, decades before. So there's a little hint for that. So stay there for the end. <laughs> Check out all the socials below again. Email us pot on the path at gmail.com. Check out the Patreon uh, patreon.com backslash on the path all the extras there we are going to do die hard so the day yes. I think the day after this comes out we're going to get yeah. a die hard full in there it's a great movie we love it we've seen it before so it will not be like this it's also got a little linking actor from love actually it does it's where yeah die hard is where alan rickman put uh i guess you can say he burst onto the american scene he's i'm sure he was oh, huge i'm sure he was huge in england before that but yeah that was his breakout performance I'm excited to watch that because the last time I watched it, I would have been very young and I don't remember a lot of it as with a lot of the films I've watched. Yeah. So I'm excited. Ho, ho, ho. Now I got a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. I got a machine gun. So yeah, check out all that, all our socials below. Let's get into 2003's Love Actually. First thing that we always do is Lucy is going to guess the box office gross and y'all can play along at home. And then afterwards, we're going to do another guessing game mm-hmm. where it gets flipped. So, yeah, something new. So here we go. Again, movie released in 2003, budgeted at 40 to $45 million. What was the worldwide gross? The budget was what? 40 to $45 million. Wow. It's all those well, actors, I guess. It's all the, exactly. It's all the actors. Claudia Schiffer, her cameo. Yeah, what the fuck? Her cameo. According to trivia, IMDb trivia, which can't be wrong, $300,000. Mm-hmm. 
She's in the film all of 60 seconds. It's total of a minute, $300,000. So there you go. That's what the budget went towards. All right. So I feel like this film probably did really well because it's got all of the the British favorites, all the classics, your Hugh Grant, your Colin Firth. Everybody Everybody. loves those guys. I think it would be 100 and no, 200 million. 200. Is that wrong? 246.8 million. Oh, very good. Yeah, yeah perfect. I'm so getting you, better. I'm getting you, better at this. You are. And as you get the years down too, you'll get like, okay, 2003 and then to like mm-hmm. five years ago, or if it's, you know, like I said, next week, our one's going to be super old. So a great movie could be like 80 million. You're like, oh, shit. Yes. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there you go. So, well done. Are you ready for your first guess? Yes. So what am I going to be guessing from now on? So uh, Brett came up with this idea, and I think it's going to be incredibly interesting to see how it goes. Uh, I don't know if all of the listeners will be familiar with Rotten Tomatoes or Rotten Tomatoes, depending on which side of the ocean you're on. But there is the Tomato Meter, which is the critics reviews, I think. Yeah, the Tomato me- See, now you're going to have me say tomato <laughs> like on accident. The Tomato Meter is, yeah, this average, if you will, of critics. And yes, I know all the problems with Rotten Tomatoes. I know that it has played a large part in ruining how movies are perceived, and especially Mm -hmm. with studios obsessed with that score. I get it and all that. This is just for fun. Like, I agree with you. Rotten Tomatoes is bad in that aspect. But yeah, we are Mm -hmm. not doing the audience meter. We are doing the critics meter. Yes. So there's two scores on each movie. Like you said, the audience and the tomato meter, which is the critics. Yeah. Screw it. Let's just do both. Yeah, we'll just guess both. Try and okay. guess both. All right, yeah. so, so I'm going to say... Do you want to go critics first or we'll audience? We'll go critics first. And go for it. this is where I'm torn because it's very clear. I did not like the movie. But yeah. I've heard from so many people that love it. But I'm just... Critics... Would critics have liked it? And it's so British that I'm thinking it's critics... so British. That critics will like it because it's just British charm and it's Hugh Grant 2003. And I'll tell you what. Of all the things I say about this movie, Hugh Grant... Is adorable. He's amazing. I get, he's he may be, so good. He may be an asshole on the set and hard to work with and all that stuff, but he's so goddamn charming mm-hmm. and very so likable. Very likable. I get why he's the king of romantic comedies. He's the male Meg Ryan from the 90s. Like, I get it. So I'm going to have to say, I can't believe that this would be like not above 60%, but it's just, it fucking sucks. And so <laughs> I'm going to go with this. I'm just going to say a nice, solid, I'm just going to say even 50%. Okay. Do you want to guess audience first or do you want to know if you're just, right? Yeah, just first? tell me that one right there. Let me tell that one first. Okay. So the tomato tomato meter for love actually is 64%. 64. God, two out of three. You critics. God damn it. The only one, <laughs> the only one I care about is my boy, Roger Ebert. I got to look up Roger Ebert to see what he thought about okay. it. That's who I go by. <laughs> RIP. Okay. So I was uh, not too bad on that one. A little bit under. For the audience, audiences love this shit. I'm going to say yeah. that this thing is like 92%. Oh, okay. They didn't love it that much. It's okay. at a 72%. Oh, wow. Yeah. Maybe yeah. maybe there were a lot of people like me in there. Maybe. So I overshot that one. I guess I just figured more people would have bumped it up. Okay, good. All right. I'll, it's I'll your t- first that, week, though. I think that that's one pretty was a good, good guess yeah. for the first week. Yeah, the first one was. Maybe not that one there. <laughs> <laughs> I should have gone with my gut on that and been like, people didn't like it as much. But okay, perfect. That'll be something we will do from now on. Uh, real quick, though, here we go. The director this is directed by Richard Curtis, and this is his first directorial effort. He is known for writing Four Weddings and a Funeral, Notting Hill, 
and Bridget Jones Diary. So he was just he's the king, goat king of the English <laughs> romantic comedies. And he smashed it out of the park here. Big time success. I question why he decided to have uh, was it 17 storylines in here? Oh, yeah. 27, probably about, I lost track. Yeah, probably about that. Have you seen Bridget Jones? I have not seen any of those I just said. Hey, Valentine's February's coming up and we've got Valentine's Day. So yes. it's gonna ha have to be Valentine's month at this point. I've yes. got so many suggestions. There's... Nobody none, nobody email in for that month. I got it covered. No, we've got that covered. We have to pick some, <laughs> maybe some good some good ones and some bad ones. We'll mix it in. But just my question, Richard Curtis, if you go on the Wikipedia, you can see this conspiracy theory pegboard outline of how everybody's <laughs> interconnected. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, no, no, this movie does not deserve to be thought about that much. I could <laughs> not be bothered to look into this. It's too many storylines. There is a lot. And the kind of like web diagram situation has like got color codes. There is arrows of unrequited love. It's wild. This yeah. thing that somebody sat down and made. <laughs> yeah, it is only Billy Mac and Joe are the only two that are not directly connected yeah. to everybody, but they're connected by on the TV. Yes, you that, see them a lot on telly. Don't everybody's you? watching them, and they kind of connect that. That was pretty clever, though. I did, I did like that. Yeah, I love how the whole story is kind of interconnected in random ways, and you know, they're at the wedding, and that's his sister, and it's just kind of ridiculous, but it's quite cute. If I wouldn't have been just brain dead by about an hour in, then I, I might have cared in that aspect. So an hour into this two hour and 15 minute movie. Absolutely egregious. I'm not joking. Last <laughs> night, I, it's it's getting cold again. I've really been kind of like not down, like depressed, but just I just I'm tired. I get that. I get that. Slept on cotton, had, had good sleep. I got my hot cocoa last night, very new hot cocoa, and I got my Ghirardelli white chocolate or bark, peppermint bark, dark chocolate, and I got ready. I literally in my head, I'm like, man, I bet this is an hour and 45 minute, maybe hour and 50 minute, fun little romp. When I saw that runtime, <laughs> I just instantly, I put it on our Insta and then yeah. messaged everybody else I knew being like, what the fuck? Well, I, I was out. <laughs> From the beginning, it had me on the wrong, on the wrong foot. Whenever I load up movies, it shows it for some reason. It always shows it in minutes only. So oh. it's like 100, 135 minutes. And I'm like, wait, what the fuck is 135 minutes? Wait, that's two hours. <laughs> You're thinking, well, wait, <laughs> over two hours. Yeah, yeah. It takes a minute to like click in my head. Because I think you sent me a screenshot or something. Or that was on our Instagram. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, wait, what is 135? What? <laughs> no, I just, yes. As soon as it's the two, because the thing I've had, mm. oh, maybe it did, it did have the minutes on there. Yeah, it had 130 mm. some odd minutes. And then I'm thinking, no, no. So it got off in there. Uh, another thing we do whenever we actually put together a drinking game, a big one to kick it off will always be me talking about how whatever year this is. And this okay. has some outrageous 2003 moments in it. From oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Outfits. Outfits in there, but especially. Yeah, we'll get there. There's a bunch in there. But yes, I have that in there. We're like almost <laughs> we're a minute 30 in. We got the 9-11 reference. And so what we're going to do, though, instead of going this in order which would be just ridiculous in there we're just going to take each group and talk about each storyline one yeah. at a time and we're going to go the way wikipedia had it so we'll yeah. follow along that way and which is good because you're going to lead off in a good way the first one that we'll have is billy mac and joe that i would Yay. say was probably my it's my favorite or my second favorite there's two that i really liked in this movie 
the some were just like eh, and then I don't know over half of them I just could not have cared less. I have like one or two things written down about it because I wanted to just fast forward through it. But Billy Mac yeah. and Joe, and I didn't. I lost it on there. Billy Mac that was played by Bill Nye. Bill Nye. I'm I've always liked him, but I'm mm-hmm. fully appreciating in roles like this because he's right out. You know, he's leading off right here. I see him like, oh, shit, we got Bill Nye because I did not look up the cast. I just saw. The, no. You know, OK, good. From that. He's right out there. I'm like, Bill Nye. Oh, and he's singing. He's bellowing out this old Trog song, which is solid gold shit, as they say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's how they describe it. They're trying to re-record a song so he can this kind of like deadbeat rock star kind of vibe is trying to burn out washed up washed up washed up is the perfect description he's trying to get a christmas number one which is i don't know if that's a big thing in the states but it is such a huge thing still uk not 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 now who is christmas number one no it still sometimes is still sometimes is but like it you know it's different now isn't it because you've got streaming music or whatever it's not I don't know. It doesn't seem like as big of a deal. It, but radio it is always. No, yeah. Yes, no one gives a shit about radio. That's another thing where I'm like, oh, yeah, it's 2003. Radio is still king. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I still listen to the radio most days, but not all day like we would have used to. No, not the radio is just not a chance I could listen to commercials. At it. No. Yeah. Commercials, yeah. I can't do them in general. Well, the BBC doesn't have commercials. That's right. God. So, Chalk another one to- up. For oh, great capital. I don't mind. Capital has some uh, some commercials or adverts or whatever, but adverts. I don't mind them that much. Yeah, but Bill Nye is just the fucking man. And I, as soon as I see something like this, I'm like, we need Bill Nye month. We need oh, Bill Nye month in there, which we've rated it Shaun of the Dead. We yes. haven't done. Oh, I forgot he's. I know Shaun he's. Yeah, he's in that Shaun. Yeah, he's dad. And but yes, um, he's not Pirates, my real dad. You're not my real dad. Pirates of the Caribbean two. Is the big oh, one in there? Because he's Bill Barnacle, Bill Blood Eyed Bill. What's his name? <laughs> Bootstrap Bill. Bootstrap Bill. Yeah, oh Bill... shit! What, of course that, he is. Bill I Knight? just yeah, totally forgot. Yeah, Kira Knightley's in there too. Yeah, he's in so many things. He's great. He's great in there. But yeah, we're interested to Billy Mac. He's throwing gas on his career. He seems to be trying to sabotage himself at this radio station. He just doesn't care anymore, despite this being like his yeah. last gasp that he really will, will care about. He's insulting his manager because she's calling him this fat ugly or this ugly fat piece of shit and it's like dude mm-hmm. like damn dude yeah he's incredibly abusive towards this poor guy played by gregor fisher yeah who i recognize so much and i can't remember why and i look he looks like his... mark addy he looks like mark yes. addy who played robert baratheon but That's not what an, i kept thinking like a cleanly shaven mark addy yeah, so I kept thinking that it was him, and I looked through his filmography. I don't really recognize him, but I think it might just be I'm getting him confused with um, Bobby B. Bobby B. So- <laughs> Start that damn joust before I piss myself. <laughs> but yeah, Billy Mac is awful to him, and he just seems to be having fun. He doesn't give a shit if the record does well. He's just enjoying his last hurrah. Yes, and while he's insulting him, because I'm just like, okay, maybe they have that... They'll cut to Joe, and it's not just like oh, there he goes again. At times, my old chum. Yes, at time he just like drops. I'm like, okay, this is now kind of mean. Yeah, it's really mean. He doesn't find it funny, I don't think. And no. by the end of it, you can definitely tell he's over it. He's over it, but I do again. I love fucking Billy Mac. And throughout this, he he goes on this. At least we all like American Bandstand or something like that with like this boy band. He's talking to these two people, and these his, two people. 
Oh, were they? That's interesting oh, shit. that you say that. I thought they were just two Carry randos. On. We'll, we'll circle back to no. those two people. Okay. Well, he tells the two people with the best advice I can, you know, give kids as well. Don't buy drugs, become a pop star, and they give them to you for free. Perfect advice. And yes. at that point, they kind of go, okay, Oh, here we go. We got to cut it. Yeah, wrap it up. <laughs> those two people that you just yes. called that. Absolute disgrace are Ant and Deck, who are probably our country's most beloved double act of TV presenters. And they're super young in this, but they, they look were like on a sh- babies. Yeah, yeah. So it, back in the day, they were, obviously, they've aged. And um, they were on a TV show when they were very young, like teenagers, called Biker Grove, which is set in Newcastle. Really? So they're they're two Geordie boys, yeah. They're f- oh, they're from there? Yeah, they're both from Newcastle. Damn, now I'm really and... insulted by saying these two Yeah, guys. I know. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> you I should have taken you because you really were like, whoa. I was like, uh-oh, I think I, I poked a bear. No, so they they were on this show called Biker Grove, which I didn't watch because it wasn't a thing like where I'm like it was a very big northern thing and i think it was all over the uk to be honest but it just wasn't on my radar when i was younger um and they got really popular and then they did music if you've ever heard a song called let's get ready to rumble that is their big track and then they became tv presenters they present our version of um i'm a celebrity get me out of here they do loads of stuff and like every year they win best presenting act. Da, 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 like to this day, year. they're still yes. like on top. Wow. Yeah. So they were, they did it. They've done it for years and years and years. And Ant had a bit of a few years of like issues with alcohol. So they kind of had a few years break and then he had his big comeback. And like still to this day, they are like the best of the best in, in the UK. So when I saw them on it and they're looking like little babies, it was so cool. So he got clean? Yeah, I think so. Pussy. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. A little quitter. Little, a little quitter. No. Well, there I you go. I don't watch I'm a Celebrity, but as far yeah. as I'm aware, they're doing it still. See, I'm wondering how many people are big over here like that that you wouldn't know about? Because it's anyone like, on the telly like that, that's just on like the news and stuff. And that's the thing. Well, not news, but like you said, these are like the biggest presenters. You're going to know our, you're going to know our biggest presenters over here. Like someone like Ryan Seacrest would be one like he's going to present all that biggest stuff. Yeah, but I only know Ryan Seacrest because he like produced the Kardashians. Y'all don't. That's what I, I know him true. as. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I guess I just think if you're big in America, you're big everywhere. No. What's the um, that New York song in it? Yeah. What's Thank yeah, if you make you. it here, you make it anywhere. <laughs> what's the the guy that came over that y'all hate now? Not Piers Morgan. We threw him back to y'all. The oh, big chubby James Corden. Th- James Corden. Yeah, you can keep him. No, no. <laughs> we uh, hey, you know what? If it means keep if it means getting rid of Piers Morgan, I'll take it. Okay, I will, yeah, I will take he's it. worse. He is worse, to be fair. James did, Corden's not that bad. I did love, though, when America's just like, hey, this James Corden fellow that came over here, what do y'all Brits think of him? And everybody's like, keep him. No, no. no. It's the worst because he was very beloved. He was At in first, a TV right. show. Yeah, so he was in a TV show called Gavin and Stacey. And he was like, not the main character, but he was like, you know, the, I don't want to say the fat Support. best friend, so, but he, he was, was like he was the, the fat- big he was yes yes exactly he was the comic relief but you know they made jokes about him eating loads of food that was like the you know that kind of character (laughs) and everybody loved him and then he went over to america and 
<laughs> no, but here's the thing. And I remember him because I think the first thing I saw him in was Into the Woods. Okay. And I remember thinking like, okay, this is kind of a charming guy. I liked him at first when I saw him mm-hmm. in a few things. But then it was when he got that late night show. Yeah. And then it just kept, Change, being, man. It kept being forced. And then you start to realize, oh, this dude has nothing. He has yeah. nothing. He had the very small bag and he's fine in a supporting role. And then once it starts being forced upon you, it's just why again? This isn't Craig Ferguson. Craig Ferguson, goddammit, was the one like British export or whatever that was not forced upon us, who was awesome. I miss him mm-hmm. so much. I don't know who that is. He okay, maybe he wasn't forced. Or maybe he wasn't over. There. <laughs> he came over here, um, very uh God, I can't so long. he's a very Scottish guy, but he had okay. our he had a late, late show over here. And when the late show with David Letterman ended, he got passed over for it. I think he got like a million dollars if he got passed over. And then mm-hmm. he just left. So he was late, late over here. That's like the 1231 a.m. show. You can get a little bit more blue. It's where Conan started also. Okay. He, he was just funny. It was this British, even though I know he's Scottish and I was British, blah, blah, blah. This wit. And I don't know. I loved him. And everybody loved him. And he's just like gone now from our TV. Oh. But good for him if he's got all his millions. Like, yeah, enjoy it. just get your bag, go and retire and have a nice life. Please kick James Corden. Actually, his show ended too. If it hasn't ended by now, it's ending soon. And goddamn yes, carpool I heard karaoke. That, yeah. I wanted to just anybody that linked me carpool karaoke. I wanted to just reach <laughs> through my phone and fucking slap him. I think James Corden got um, stitched up by one of his riders. Do you, did you remember that? Oh, that's when right. Somebody, I saw those. Yeah. The, pl- the plagiarizing. Oh my god! Shows. Yes, plagiarizing Ricky Gervais of all people. Of all people, what was he plagiarizing yeah. him when he was funny? This is now two weeks in a row we've mentioned when Ricky Gervais it, I know. was funny. <laughs> Ricky Gervais. It was from one of Ricky Gervais's very old stand-up mm-hmm. gigs, which he is so funny, and I think in stand-up he's really good, and. It was word for word. Yes, and I, I don't. I, it. I don't for one moment think that James Corden just heard that and just said, I'll copy it. Like he ob- very obviously has writers who have written yes, this for him and absolutely. have just completely stitched him up. And I think even Ricky Gervais said that he was like, it's so obvious that, you know, someone's just done that. He's not done it out of spite. Yeah, but all, all those late hilarious. shows. Yeah, all those late shows. There's a team of writers, and I honestly wonder how much they actually make up themselves. And exactly, coming from a team. That's the worst part of it. You've just exposed yourself as like you've not even done any real research on this. You've yep. just read it off a script. Well, Ron R.I.P. Moment of silence for James Corden. Nah, he no. doesn't deserve it. Nah. All right. Yeah, so Billy Mac, eventually he's trying the whole time. He wants his number one. He says he's going to get naked on the tele, but he gets his number one. <laughs> And he gets a call from Elton to go celebrate. And I'm telling you, this may bump it up a tier. As oh, I'm yeah? watch, as I'm watching, I'm like, dude, celebrate with your manager. Like that would be fun. That'd be so cool if they do it. And he fucking does it. He comes yeah, back. Yeah. So Billy Mac is gay, right? Is that what I? Well, I don't know if that's what they were getting at I don't, because I don't either. They said uh, his manager Joe, whenever Bill Nye comes back from the party. And starts talking, you know, he starts kind of confessing his platonic love for his manager slash best friend. Is it platonic? I don't know. He because he goes, gay as a yeah, he goes, he says 10 minutes with Elton John and you're gay. Like, that's what he's. Well, doesn't he? He says you're as gay as a meatball, which Something I would like that. Is that, a, is that a British euphemism? I'm, I don't I don't think so. I didn't either. Okay, confusing. So I, I didn't have subtitles on my watch, so I I didn't pick up on that. I didn't either have subtitles. Yeah, it, what it, the hell? Yes. Well, what's where did you watch it? On YouTube. Okay. 
I did not. I watched it on a nondescript site, so Arr. I get it. I, I get it in that. Exactly. I get in that. Yeah, it was someone going to, Arr, you be gay is about, you know, something like that. Yeah, it's just all pirated <laughs> subtitles uh, on the on the high seas there. Yeah, so I didn't get that. And that's to me what I kind of got out of it was, was Billy Mac professing his love and Joe just being like, oh, that's cool, but I'm not gay. And then they say, yeah, we'll just get drunk and watch porn. Oh, God, yeah, I forgot <laughs> Oh, I didn't. That's how it ends with that's how yeah. their story ends. It's but it, it I don't know. Yeah, because I don't like. Yeah, he didn't say like let's watch gay porn. No, he didn't. So he he just said let's watch porn. So I didn't quite get it, but I'm telling you, I loved that he withdrew from the party and all that, and he partied and went to stay. He yeah. stole he stole a bottle from Elton. He stole a bottle of champagne from Elton's mm-hmm. party and went back with his manager. Good on him. Yes, that was the perfect ending for their little story. Yes. But I never I never took from it that he was gay. I kind of took this as like a a bromance court. You know, all these different stories have got their kind yes. of different love stories within them. And I thought this was kind of like um, you know, platonic man love. <laughs> maybe okay. I picked it up completely wrong. Well, maybe so. <laughs> but either way, that was good. I liked it. That's a thumbs up for that storyline. Like I, I enjoyed that one. That was there. All right. It had its good ending there. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. And it had uh, Anton Deck, so it's a win. It was. It was a thumbs up. It was it was an A tier on. If we wanted to tier these in there, which we're not, <laughs> it'll be too long. All right. <laughs> Next up we have Juliet, Peter, and Mark. And this one kind of had me thrown off because they kind of allude that Mark is gay for Peter. Oh, but not really. He gets revealed uh, by having too many close-ups of the wedding video of Juliet, played by mm-hmm. 18-year-old Kira Knightley here. Yeah. In, in the wedding video, and he is in love with her. Unrequented love. Yes, this is all about uh, best friend's girl, best friend's wife. <laughs> yeah, wife. Yeah, because yes, you married at the end. And I looked at because I will always know the exact age of Kira Knightley, not because I'm a stalker, but oh. Kira, Kira, I am exactly one year to the day older than Kira Knightley. She is. Oh, you have the same birthday. She is March 26th, 85, and I am 84. Oh, there you go. Because I was wondering, that was one of the first things I Googled was how old is Kira Knightley in Love Actually? She's like 18 or something yeah. crazy. And yeah, she is so beautiful. She has such a unique and sometimes very funny face. It's her smile. Her smile her is full yeah. open and it opens up where it's, it's all mouth. <laughs> yes. And like all her teeth show and the big eyes in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And obviously she's super young here too. And we get a very, very iconic meme, which is the bit where she goes, I look quite pretty. Oh, I don't remember that. Oh, you don't whenever she's watching the videos. So I, I may not have just noticed at, what it was from. Yeah. Yeah. She shows up at Mark's uh, studio. Oh, no, I remember that. I don't remember the it, meme. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Yeah. I think it's maybe it's more on my side of the internet where it's like, it's kind of, I'm trying to think of like an example meme where it's like, it's basically taking the piss out of yourself when you look the, you look your worst oh, and you're like, oh, I look okay. quite pretty. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it was those gales, sending it to other gales. No, no. But yeah, so we we have uh, Peter and Mark here. Uh, Mark is uh, some no-name guy, never been in anything. Stop. Yep. What? Stop right what? now. What? Don't disrespect Andrew Lincoln Okay, like that. this I am leading up as a joke because I did not recognize <laughs> him. I didn't, but he looked yeah. familiar. Mm-hmm. And I looked up and I saw that he was apparently the lead role in what TV series that gets brought up almost as much as 9-11. <laughs> <laughs> I 
What TV the, series the is Walking that? Walking Dead is my 9-11. The Walking Dead is your 9-11 because I swear to God, you bring that up more than anything. I bring up 9-11. It's so fucking good. But he's like, he, this is the main guy, isn't it? He is the main man. And up until, so The Walking Dead is the first thing I ever saw Andrew Lincoln in. So when I first saw Love Actually, it was my holy shit, Andrew Lincoln is he's British. English, yeah. He's English. <laughs> what the fuck? And yeah, so he does an awesome um I need you know, to hear Atlanta, it. Atlanta I, accent. Whoa. He doesn't have he does a southern Atlanta. No, okay. Well, anybody from there, say hot Lana to and see how they react. <laughs> but it's, no, they're, they're in Atlanta, Georgia. Yes. Okay. Now I got to hear that Southern accent. Oh. Please tell me he's like, oh, I'm Rick here, boy. No, what are you doing no, here? So oh, he's not. Oh, okay. It's very gruff. And, you know, it's just, it's gruff? It's just great. See, I got to hear like, it now. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, God. Can we be a Walking Dead we will, podcast? We will please? do some kind of Patreon where it's like a special. Yay. You know what? That's what we're going to do on uh, the All out of context. Series. No, the out of context <laughs> series where I watch oh. the second season, fourth episode of The Walking Dead and I try to make sense of it not knowing anything. And you'll do that for a show like a Veronica Mars or something. Know. I don't know if I can allow you to do that. You have Why? to just because you need to watch all there of it is and not no be spoiled. There is no way that I'm able to watch that much. I'm too lazy. I know. And I, I don't have the time. And by the time I mean I'm too lazy. Okay. Well, anyway, he's awesome in The Walking Dead. He is the heart of that show. And this is so weird seeing him in this film. Um, this is another iconic moment in this film where he leaves the studio and I think it's like Dido playing over the the track and he's like walking and he's like going back and forth trying to decide if he's going to go to the studio or leave. And then he turns around and goes, ah! <laughs> and scares like the guy there and just... <laughs> And Please tell like, me that was a random dude. Just walking around like really overacting. And I like to think, you know, this was his audition for Rick Grimes. <laughs> yes, because that's what this movie needs is 45 seconds of a guy just walking back and forth outside <laughs> before he screams to himself and walks away in the distance. Exactly. Yeah. It's just one of my favorite moments in the film. Yeah. So this whole plot line, I do. So here's the thing I'll say also. Despite this movie, me obviously disliking it. There were moments where I actually started to feel for it, but not yeah. because of this. And I do think that and it never it didn't really ever happen to me. I was never in the situation, but something about that unrequited love where you have a best yeah. friend and you have a you know, they meet somebody and you love your best friend, but then you fall for that girl and that woman. And it could be the same with falling for a guy or whatever. And it's like you can't help it. You can't help that you feel this way. But you don't want to hurt them. You don't want to hurt your friend. Like, he's a good yeah. guy. It's not like he's an asshole and she's with the wrong person. And you have to deal with it. And at the end when he's doing those goddamn placards oh my in the boombox that takes forever, that I'm sitting there like, okay, this is so Hollywood. But I like that unless they would have gotten together. If they would have gotten together, when she when she chased him out and went to kiss him, I'm like, don't fucking do it. Don't do it. Yeah. But then she kisses him and he walks away like, that's it. Like he's yeah. over it and he's going to move on. I'm like, okay, that's good. Don't have it in this little snippet. And this is where there's like four or five great concepts of a movie that are mm -hmm. jammed into this overstuffed buffet of a fucking script that it <laughs> just doesn't work a little bit. But I was almost feeling that for a moment because I think unless you're a heartless goon, you can mm -hmm. always feel and be like, man, what would that be like? Oh, my God, that would be horrible to be in that situation. 
Yeah, yeah. I really like his character, even though I find him super corny sometimes, the way he's like overacting a lot of it. But yeah, the way he's like, you know, I'm just disassociating from it yes, because like, I that's can't a great fake, thing to do. Yeah, I can't fake like be friendly with you and just act like everything's normal. So that's why I'm standoffish with you. That's why I'm self-preservation away from you. Exactly. It. Yeah, that's exactly what he says. So yeah, the the placards at the end is another iconic Andy Lincoln moment. How long did it take like, him to make those placards? Yeah, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And then yeah, I kind of expected her to be like, I'm gonna leave him, but like she doesn't even really know his character because like he said, he's been really standoffish yeah. with her. So all she knows about him is that he's her husband's best friend. And now she knows that he has a bit of a thing for her, but respectfully, he's keeping his distance. And she's like, okay, I respect that. I'm glad that she didn't then just run after him <laughs> because it would make no sense at I all. I mean, even what she did was not realistic at all. In real life, she'd have been yeah. like, this fucking weirdo. She wouldn't have been like, yeah. we maybe do the whole, hey, we need to try to be friends. But then once she mm -hmm. realized, oh, shit, he really likes me. We don't ever talk. Why does this creeper like me? Oh, man, my fucking husband's best friend is a goddamn weirdo. That's yep. IRL. That would be, yeah, you definitely wouldn't run after him. At that, no. that, that moment, yeah, I was so like, oh, oh she is Again, she is 18 fucking years old. That's insane to me. Yeah, he. I looked at the, uh, oh, God damn it, it's fucking, oh, my God, Chuetle F. She, God damn it, I can't, I can't remember how to say his name. Chuetle I have it written down. Yeah, I remember how to do it. He was the um He's God. Peter. Yeah, he's Peter, but I forgot how to actually pronounce his name. My bad. If you're listening out there, that's my fault. But that's him. He's only only quote, about seven or eight years older than her. So this isn't this isn't too bad. Like of a Do you know, you know how old Andy Lincoln is? Well, I know he's 50 now. So he would so have been 30, like 30. Yeah, he would have been 20 30. Years ago. Yeah. 20 year wow. anniversary. This came out 20 years ago, like five days ago from our recording. Oh, really? Like, it was like two weeks ago. It came out a year before in America because, <laughs> you know, of course we're going to get it first. You know, we How didn't we, we didn't evade Iraq for y'all to get your own movies before us. <laughs> all right. That was one of the agreements that Tony Blair gave in. Hold all I those see. for the next one. All right. Moving on to Jamie and Aurelia. Colin Aww. Firth. I've never understood and gotten the allure of Colin Firth. I get Hugh Grant. I just don't understand it. Colin Firth, yeah, it's a. I think he's a little bit old for me. Like it was kind of like my mum's generation of people love him. He was big in Bridget Jones as well. Bridget Jones's Diary was a big film for him. I remember he was like the sweet, um, you know, the nice guy in Bridget Jones. Was he? He's also been in Pride and. I, I'm pretty sure he was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He yeah. was the bad boy. And Renee but, um, Zellweger. Yes. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but Colin Firth was also in Pride and Prejudice, which would have been a, a massive thing. He's in every single one of those. Jane, is that, That's Jane Austen, right? I believe so. Yeah, he's in all of those. He's in everything that came out of that. But I just, I never got it. He always just seemed... I don't know. Maybe he's just too British. Like Hugh Grant, he's a nice I, guy, though. Hugh Grant's a bad boy. Hugh Grant's Colin a Firth bad boy. A, I thought Hugh Grant oh, was just a yeah. bumbling numbskull. No, if you watch him in Bridget Jones's Diary. Okay, I don't know if I can buy that. He's too. None of them no. are. None of them are edgy at all. You're all. They're all just a bunch of fucking weak little British <laughs> expletives that I won't say anymore. That if it was 2003, I would say, but not now. 
No, let's circle back to this conversation in February when you've watched Bridget Jones's oh, Diary, God. which was 2001. So it's a couple of years before this. Okay, well, I guess that can be your choice. <laughs> we can choose what to do and you can make that one. All right, I don't give a shit about all this. This might. This was not the weirdest one, but this is, yeah, Jamie Norelia. He's at this French cottage. She doesn't speak English. She only speaks Portuguese. We get, again, Google. This is the new one to the top of my list almost. When you Google male gaze, Google the way the camera just wants to fuck her and ogle her as she's about to jump into this dirty water, this dirty lake with the papers. Hey, are they trying to say the Portuguese people are so fucking stupid? They don't understand that if papers go into a lake, they're going to be ruined. But yes, Mm -hmm. it was so gross. And again, so 2003. Yeah, um, I hate the way this story is set up where he finds out that his partner is cheating on him with his brother. With the brother. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. It's all this whole thing sucks. And that's all. uh, Yeah. Oh, and then what the hell was him? He gets back to his house and he has a house full of family. And so he has a whole family. He has a whole family there. And some producer's bad acting daughter laughs while she's saying she hates Uncle Jamie. And just this whole thing, just throw this in the bin where it belongs. Yeah, I this moment was so stupid. So he comes back home for Christmas. He opens the door, his whole family's there waiting to greet him, and he just totally fucks off his entire family. Did, did he not know <laughs> they were did he not did he forget? Are they always there? Did he forget they weren't there? Did I don't they... know. I think the brother was there. So maybe he saw the brother, oh. but it should have made a, it should have made a bigger deal of that. Because he was lost in a sea of people and children. And yeah, I hate Uncle Jamie. I hate Uncle Jamie. But yes, and like she's just like laughing. I hate Uncle Jamie. Like that's a take. We're gonna go. Okay, that's a take. Okay, okay. <laughs> like I said, yeah. Like I said, some fucking producers to the side being like, "No, that was a perfect take." And Richard <laughs> Curtis had to fucking put it in there. But some of my favorite moments in this film is where he finally gets back to France, and they he's like collecting her family as the, he goes to propose to her. And all of the people are saying crazy stuff. And I don't know if they're speaking in French or Portuguese at this moment, but they're like, father is about to sell Aurelia as a slave to this English one. Yeah. <laughs> like they're just all insulting. There's so many fat jokes in this film. It's ridiculous. Dude, I was going to hold off on that. Yes. I was going to hold off on that. call his other daughter that? No, we're going to get there with David and Natalie because again. Oh my God. I was going to rip my eyeballs out. 2003. Okay, we'll table that till we'll be there. Yeah. With this, I was so just almost put off by it because it was just such a dumb storyline. I assume it was, it had to have been Portuguese they were speaking. Well, yeah, because I think he goes back to France, but they were all speaking Portuguese. And he knows French or knows at least enough of it. He has a French cottage. Yeah. Yeah, so they must have been speaking in Portuguese. But yeah, the way they're just like, oh yeah, he's going to sell Aurelia to this woman. Hopefully she goes and moves to England. It's just so ridiculous, insane comments to be making as Colin Firth is <laughs> heading towards the and restaurant. And this ended the movie going into the epilogue. This was the final thing they did. Not David and Natalie, not oh. that dipshit, jo- not Jojen Reed running through the airport. <laughs> This is what they ended with. No, I hated it. This was awful. Cut it. This whole thing didn't need to be here. What a waste of Colin Firth. And I don't even like him. Yeah, it was just weird. I didn't like how it, it didn't really tie into the rest. I know there's only very loose links with some of the rest, but he was no. at Juliet and Peter's wedding at the start. Yes. And then that God, was it. He was he was shit. friends with Sarah. Yes. That's but it, you know, really. 
But you know what's not weird? Workplace relationships. So I actually was wrong. David and Natalie weren't next. We're going to Harry, Karen, and Mia. And fair. Oh, my God. Why is this being – was this – maybe I don't remember because I obviously wasn't working. I was a freshman in college in 2003. But the way Mia is acting towards Harry, which Alan Rickman – if I thought Colin Firth was wasted, I fucking love Alan Rickman. He's when awesome. I, when I see him, like I said, indirectly, we're going to record Die Hard in like five days. I miss him so much. He's so good. He's better than everything he's in. Even if he's the best thing at something, and he deserves so much in it. He's so much better than this fucking shitty movie and this horrible fucking role. <laughs> and I just, oh, I want some more of him in there. But yes, she's hitting on him a ridiculous amount. She's spreading her legs. Oh my God, I wanted and to vomit. I wanted to vomit and I'm just, I get it. Apparently I looked it up in the trivia also that I, I guess it was fucking David Curtis mentioned that they did have a full-on affair because I didn't think that. I thought it was just a bunch of eye-fucking and dancing mm-hmm. And will they, won't they? And I thought he was just inappropriate by buying the gift. They said it was a full-on affair, which makes it so much worse that one Karen stays with him. Mm -hmm. I hated this whole fucking storyline. I hated it. I hated it. I fucking hated it. It was horrible to watch. And yeah, I wasn't sure if it... I didn't think the film itself confirmed whether or not it was a full-on affair. The film did not. It didn't at all. Yeah, because I... Obviously, Emma or not Emma, Emma Thompson. Sorry, Karen. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Obviously, Played Karen by, yeah. stays with him at the end, and I'm I hate that. I Dude, hate that so much. It is much. such a boomer. Stay together for the kids. Yeah. The woman does not deserve happiness. She mm-hmm. needs to be unhappy throughout this whole house life for the children. And I'm like, again, yeah. finish your fucking drinks. That is a boomer 2003 thing. There's no way it something is. like that would be in a major picture right now no way no way but i thought maybe like this is my hopeful mind i was sitting thinking maybe he's been inappropriate with her maybe he's bought her the necklace and she's called him out on the necklace and then he's realized and he stopped and they've like before it's gotten too bad they've worked through it or whatever there you go that's what i thought and i hoped but obviously not and yeah this whole storyline is so horrible to watch because i would just you know, I would give everything for Emma Thompson. I think she's such an angel. And the way she plays the character of Karen is heartbreaking. I think her big scene in the bedroom where she has realized that the necklace wasn't for her. Yeah. And she goes into the bedroom to have like a silent cry, which is on it. Like when I see her do that silent cry and like Dude. trying to keep the tears in and, you know, trying to not show the children or her husband that she's been crying. And she takes that one breath before she goes back into the room. And she's like, okay, now she has to put on the face. And it just, oh. She does it again at the end of the movie. When she's saying, should I stay? Should I do that? This does not belong in this movie. This movie. See, now I'm going to knock it down like eight fucking tears. This movie is not that fucking serious. You cannot have this super emotional intercut with that. When Colin, Colin. Colin, you can't have an intercut with dipshit Colin on his sex romp in America, and then you have this oh bumbling, oh charming Hugh Grant, and then throw it. So fun. You have, we haven't gotten to Sarah and her fucking mentally ill. Bro- this movie is all over the fucking place. This shit does not belong. That is too fucking real to have her yes. go cry in a room, put on the face, and go out there like nobody knows what's going on. I I about lost it 
eight times in this movie. I wanted to just fucking punch my screen <laughs> and reach across the Atlantic Ocean to wherever David Curtis is and fucking shake him for this. Yeah, it's a bit too like this is supposed to be, you know, a fun Christmas film. And as much as I loved the realistic ending of Juliet and Mark's story, where it was like, no, yeah. okay, we realize like that's, you know, that's how it's going to end. That's realistic. It's not a romantic fairy tale. I did not like the realism of this story because that is not a happy ending in the slightest. No. It's just depressing. And, yeah. you know, they meet each other in the in the epilogue and she's like, yeah, I'm OK. I'm OK. And I'm it, just like, where's yes. where's he been? First of all, where's he been? Uh, whatever. Who could possibly care less? Like, who gives a shit? <laughs> but Emma Thompson doesn't realize she's in love. Actually, she thinks she's in a fucking Oscar bait movie. She's so mm -hmm. above this. You want to know why she maybe was so good at that? Because how about her real life ex-husband, <gasps> Kenneth Branagh, that Kenneth Branagh? Oh! cheated on her no. and that's how they got divorced yeah kenneth Branagh cheated on her in the 90s so she probably got to channel david curtis might have been like hey love remember when kenneth <laughs> well he's new zealand never mind uh can i, I do my brought up my peter jicks and yeah <laughs> kenneth, remember that hobbit cheated on you kenneth Branagh? go ahead and do that in this take okay I don't oh know. that makes it that even makes, worse it does because you know you know as professional you know. as a fucking actor as she was she had to challenge that not challenge channel channel there you go channel that feeling mm. to do it that was just, real that shit's real like when like oh this. when she is just like and sarah does it later on in the film as well when she's pressing this is when you don't want to ruin your makeup you're pressing the tears into your skin you're not wiping and i thought that is such like both of the the women do that Whenever they're crying, they're like pressing it into their cheeks. And I was like, oh my God, I've been there, girl. When I'm like crying at work, if I've had a bad day, I'm like pressing it into my face so it doesn't smear my makeup. And I was like, oh, it's just well, too real. Then let's just bring Sarah into it also. Sarah, Carl, and Michael at this time. Because yeah. about inappropriate workplace relationships, while I don't think this was, that was Mia and all that in a nutshell. Oh with God, a lot of yeah, these, yeah. Or and you may be able to answer this better. You probably will. Like as a woman, how it's you know represented on here. Are the women in this movie allowed to be happy of their own accord <laughs> in their own decisions? Because Sarah, played by Laura Lenny, and a funny thing about that was they kept trying to cast this character, and I don't remember if it was the casting, if it was Michael Curtis or whoever it was, say, Oh, I want Laura Lenny type, I want a Laura Lenny type. And then eventually they were just like, well, just fucking cast Laura Lenny. Okay, it was Richard <laughs> Curtis. It was Richard Curtis wanting a Laura Lenny type. She goes, for fuck's sake, just get Laura Lenny. And then they just got her. But oh, that's perfect. Yeah, they were like, fuck it, might as well. We've already spent forty million on our cast budget. Yeah, yeah why not get her as she's filming? <laughs> fuck, she's filming something else going back and forth at this time. Oh, Mystic River. So she got to go on fucking super tragic Mystic River into this. But yes, Jesus, she's. Acting super serious in here, Carl, and possibly hot Carl over there. They're into each other. She keeps getting this call, and I'm I don't know if it's better or not. It probably is better. When she kept getting that call, I was like, oh man, she has a mentally disabled somebody, like a mentally disabled brother calling mm -hmm. her. This was a mentally ill brother that would be like trying to hit her at times. Yes. And I'm just thinking. This is another thing that's dated, maybe not even 2003, maybe just all the way up to there, where it's like this woman cannot be happy. She's about to get with the guy she's dreamed about, have this intimacy, 
and she feels like she has to take this call. And I get it's a movie, but it's like, girl, just knock out like 10 to 15 minutes of the most yeah. banging sex you can have. <laughs> Do it and just be like, hey, I've got a mentally ill brother. I need to call and check on him or the phone yeah. may ring again. I may need to answer it. But girl, get that shit right there. You I don't know. have to answer it. David Curtis, women can be happy. Let I them know. be happy. <laughs> I know. I was so sad because it's so cute the way she's like staying late at work and then hoping that he'll come over and say goodbye. And yeah, he's stupidly hot. And then she finally gets him home. And I love the moment where she just... You can see on the on the the shot is quite f- clever. So they have the wall, and he's stood in the door, and then she yes. just goes up the stairs, and she's like silent, like yes, 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 yes. And then she gets her little moment, and I'm just like, girl, this man is in your bed, looking like this. You just need to put your phone on silent. Did phones not go on silent in 2003? It didn't say why, but it was like she had to answer that call, or it's like a lost moment. The TV show where like the world's gonna end, or the brother yeah. was gonna. <laughs> somehow like off himself i don't know Mm -hmm. but i just and again it's just david curtis just love having this control over fictional let her be happy women Women Mm -hmm. in this all the women in this movie i'm trying to think of was anybody happy of their own devices was anybody well represented or did they not exist to please a man or be thwarted by a man in some way yeah, I guess the only person that was just living her best life was probably uh, Judy. Just Judy. You're right. And that was the dumbest fuck. Let's go to <laughs> Judy and John. The dumbest. Martin Freeman. Martin Freeman shows up and holy shit. <laughs> their shooting is like, oh, yeah, this is why intimacy director or intimacy coordinators may have now been built in after the strike. What? I'm just sitting there in awe <laughs> at them doing this. I'm like, okay, these are simulated sex scenes that they're doing. They're stand-ins yeah. for the simulated sex scene. And all I have down is the simulated sex scene, LMAO, what the fuck? And then <laughs> boring. It's That's just so unnecessary. Yeah. And there was there was moments where I thought, I feel like we've missed something here and they've definitely recorded or filmed parts that have been left out because they couldn't have a three hour film. Like we see them at the end of their date and I'm like, did you record the date? Because I feel like we've just been dropped in here and with no context as to why we're here at the end of a date. <laughs> so I would have been like, well, I mean, it's two hours and 15 minutes. There's no way they cut anything out. They cut out a bunch of shit. And we'll get to what got cut out. None of this was. I think this oh, was. Oh, interesting. I think this was, hey, we need to have nudity. Guest producer, Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> and we need to get Martin Friedman in here. Need to get more. In 2003, that dude was a nobody. Wait, hang on. When did The Office come the, out? Okay. Did that make him? I know that got him started, but he wasn't a name after that, right? Was He was a very supporting he role. He was well. In in the office, yeah, he was. A, he no, was... he's like the main guy. I thought Ricky Gervais David... was. Yeah, apart from Ricky Gervais, but have you watched the U.S. Office? Yeah, he's like the equivalent of Jim. 
Wait, Jim is the main. Oh, no, Steve Carell. You're right. OK. Oh, he's the gym role. OK. He's the gym. Yeah. I guess yeah, maybe yeah. movie wise, though, he wasn't anything in movies. No, not really. But he would have been well known in the UK for The yeah. Office. He was not. I will say uh, he was not well known here until Sherlock. Like that was it. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. That was really, I don't remember ever knowing about him or, you know, like seeing him before Sherlock. Yeah, so The Office released uh, the first series in 2001, so he would have okay. been pretty well known by this point. Yeah, but it's, but, it's a quite a movies, small role yeah. for him, isn't it? The Office. This... Well, so I think. The... Yeah, no, it's, it's so fucking stupid. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> dumb. Get out of here. Okay, so now we've got, but we're gonna jump back, jump back, like we said before, to the main, to the only other one that I genuinely actually liked. It's gonna be David and Natalie. Yay. And so what I saw was because when this came up. This should have been the fucking movie. This should have been a movie. A single prime minister trying to find love while navigating President Billy Bob Thornton in there. <laughs> but I saw where David Curtis had stories for movies, this storyline, and then uh, Colin Firth's Aurelia and God damn, what yeah. was her name? And Jamie. And then he just merged them into it and put in all these other things together. It's just no. This was the only storyline that I genuinely was like, this is good. I'm interested to see what happens. I like Billy Max, but it was just, you know, it was like a comic relief kind of thing. Yes, exactly. It was, just, it was whatever. But yes, I love this so much. And I got some questions oh, about God. Prime Minister. I did. The first thing I have down in this, though, is let's not forget America is the most powerful country in the world. Like, you know, you goddamn right. Yeah. Okay. It's good, yeah, it's good <laughs> that David Curtis and this script realizes that, yeah, we are the most powerful country in the world. Don't don't forget that. Okay. Don't forget it. And don't let Hugh Grant disrespect you on telly. Don't let Prime Minister Hugh Grant disrespect President <laughs> uh, Billy Bob Billy Thornton, Bob. <laughs> President French Fried Taters. Yeah. President <laughs> Sling Blade himself. And I did see that this was, this is 2003. Iraq, the invasion of Iraq was in March of 2003. So I believe okay. this was this was I saw where this was rushed to release at the end of 2003. So this would have been a spring summer kind of filming. So this has been filmed afterwards. Tony Blair, big time ally, and I know a big thing he got hit on was not ever pushing back against George W. Bush. Oh, okay. So this right here, and eventually we get to Hugh Grant's speech in there, was very much this fanfic of what I think. Maybe people, actual labor, you know, members of that anti-war for sure, wish that Tony Blair would have mm -hmm. said to W. Yes, that's interesting. I didn't realize the timeline there. But my my first note was the most unrealistic thing about this is that he's like a young, youngish guy and he's prime minister. Single. <laughs> which we just don't have here. It's a young, yes. single man. There, not, is, not there is no realistic. way. Uh, again, I know it's different. I know y'all like parties instead of like the actual person. But there's no way, like in the United States, a president would get elected single. Not a chance in hell. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's the whole image thing, isn't it? It's the image you have to show that you're a fan. Even if Democrat, Republican, it doesn't matter. You have to show that you have a family. Maybe just to show that somebody can live with you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like can stomach you and do all that. I would kill for a just 45-year-old yeah. single American president and thinking, oh, man. That would be nice. Yeah, just like a normal person, not someone who's literally like crawling through their last years of life. A great, went to bar trivia the other night. We had a bar oh, yeah. trivia question. Oh, yeah, of, I saw that on Instagram. Yeah, and so it was of Ronald Reagan, Donald Trump, and Joe Biden, who was the youngest at the time <laughs> of their inauguration. So 
Donald Trump is always a lot older than I think. Yeah. I'd probably say Reagan. It was Reagan. And here's the thing yeah. that I remember. I knew this simply because each one of those at the time of their inauguration was the oldest president. Oh, Reagan was the oldest elected. Trump was the oldest elected. Biden was the oldest elected. That's it's just I don't know. Hurts my brain. Yeah. I think it's about it too like, much. Why? Oh, these fossils. Obama is like 62. Obama's yeah. 20 years younger than the current, the president, current president who was his vice president. Oh yeah. Joe Biden was un- it's so it's so dumb and and then we just await President Trump being inaugurated again. Oh no, don't say that. 20. Oh. We'll do that's next year. Oh, that'll be next November. We'll have we'll do election movies and presidential oh, election movies. Oh my god, we can do all the president movies like um Olympus Has Fallen with Gerard Butler. In Head of love State that. with Chris Rock. Love that shit. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, sure. I don't know and what that is. It's Chris Rock when he got elected president is like a <laughs> it's terrible. Terrible. Okay. Well, what Chris Rock movie isn't? All right. So yes, yeah, so we get uh Billy Bob Thornton coming in. And I love that while they're talking that the prime minister has to go into another room to get his own papers and then come back and see apparently this amalgamation of Bill Clinton and W like kind of molesting Natalie, the tea girl. Yeah, this was really uncomfortable. It's it's on the screen for like half a second, but you can tell that she's just kind of frozen and doesn't know what to do. And this man is just inappropriately approaching her. I don't know. It's horrible. And for a non-actor, she does a really good job. Yeah, I think she's really good in this. Yes. I love I love her character. I love that she very obviously is what we would say is like a very common person here. Well, that's what I was going to say. The the most egregious thing was that he would like go after this just obesely fat woman who just <laughs> barely fits on screen cuz she's so fucking fat. Fat, yeah. like fat, fat, fat. What the hell? I like almost fainted. When they're just yeah. when the aide, a woman, is like, oh, the plumpy girl. I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, I, yeah, the chubby girl. The chubby, chubby girl, girl. Huge thighs. Huge thighs. And that like someone later on was something about like her ass or whatever. I'm like, what yeah. universe? Oh, my God. That's right. We're in 2003 where this was the fattest fucking yes. woman they would ever let on screen. Yeah. This alongside Bridget Jones makes me want to. Oh, literally pull my own eyeballs yes, out. Yes, she's supposed to be like because, a plumpy frumpy. Yes, the oh whole the whole concept of Bridget Jones is that she's this <laughs> middle-aged fat single woman and now I look at her and I'm like, oh, okay, she's man. 30. She's like you know, she's not fat in the slightest and it's just, you know, it makes me so depressed at like what the standard was in the 90s and noughties because it you know it makes me think of old magazines and stuff that used to have shit like that plastered all over them and yeah people like people genuinely thought that someone the size of Natalie was fat yes and like it it all goes back to again like the the teaching angle and the historical angle of it is to say when people especially more your age cuz you would have been 10 years old when this came yeah. out and mm-hmm. i would have been 19 to where and i don't mean this in a bad way but it's just a point of reference Kira Knightley. Kira Knightley mm-hmm. is almost like uh, whatever. Uh, whatever. I'll step in if I apologize if I need to. She is grossly skinny. When she yeah. gets up off the couch to go answer the door, I had to pause it. I'm like, she is like, I don't want to use this in poor taste or anything like that. But it's like an anorexic kind of. She is so 
like I don't know size she's zero. Tiny. She yeah, is yeah. tiny, but it's just wafy skinny. And it hit me like that's what you were supposed to be. If that yeah. was the if you're a girl, a young girl in that or a young woman, that was the goal you needed to attain to be. And the only thing I think of is on the opposite end, it would be like saying, like Dwayne Johnson. If you're a guy, you need to be Dwayne Johnson. You need to be just so fucking bulked out. Otherwise, you're just a little skinny bitch or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so I try to relate it to younger people. If anybody out there is in their early 20s, you know, Gen Z, basically like that. This is what we grew up in. You know, like mm-hmm. this is it where it's OK to say homophobic slurs or misogynistic stuff. And like this woman is seen as overweight and fat. And yes, it blows our minds now. And that's good because that's good that it, that's progress. Yeah. Yes, it's good that we are so flabbergasted and <laughs> yes. shocked by it now. Just, because, my hat's yeah. flying off. I know, I was like, whoa, like, it makes me so sad. But yeah, you're, that's a good ref, um, comparison. Like, Kira Knightley is tiny and she, you know, she's also, she's 18. So she's, yes. you know, a teenager. So um, she, you know, is still super skinny just from being a teenager. But that is what everybody thought you should be. You know, there was no, it's, you didn't want no curves. You didn't want no ass. Oh. None of that. None of that, which everybody is so, you know, it's very desirable now to be curvier and to have, you know, more shape. But at the time it was just, you have to be stick thin and that's it. Everybody, you know, I was going to mention Victoria's Secret Models. One of them shows up at the end of the movie as well. And it's just insane. Yeah. But I, like I said, I'm very glad that it is, very shocking now and i i would i'd be interested to hear what if there's like a younger generation of people watch this film they're like what the fuck why are they saying that she has huge thighs i mean cancel her <laughs> i have that i have that going they did just that aid color chubby what the fucking yeah. fuck like 2003 but yeah this is martine mccutcheon yeah and so she was like a pop singer she's from acne london she is she is as london as they come yeah and it got a who Real... else is from there? Idris Elba, I think. He's from Hackney, really? I'm pretty sure. Okay. Let me double check that. He has a much that accent sounds better on him. It sounds a bit more classy. Because when she answered or when her family answers the door later on, she said, You say my fucking coat. What the fuck? My fucking coat. And just, yeah. oh my God. Like, just like, oh, this uncouth, crass woman from the bad yeah, side she... of the, the impossibly long street or whenever yeah. he calls it that street. I just, I cackled at that. That was a laugh out loud moment. It was like, how long is this street? The longest street in the, the world. Yeah. The it just world. is also from the London borough of Hackney. Look at that. Very, very good. Yeah. I was there because sh- that was right next to, uh, right next to where I was staying. To, oh yeah. What was the borough be there? The, uh, like Leicester square, uh, Piccadilly. Oh my God, I don't know. And all that. It's like right next to it. That's where I stayed. Um, okay. Like just to the West of it. Uh, mm. Very good, very good, London. But I love when she plays up her accent when she's, you know, just at home or, you know, yes, she speaks that's what... very well. Yeah, she well, speaks that... very well when she's speaking to the PM or she tries to and before she lets all the swear words slip out. But yeah, when she's just at home and she thinks she's just with her family, she's like, where the fuck's my fucking coat? <laughs> my fucking coat. <laughs> so good. Oh, my <laughs> monocle dropped into my glass of Chardonnay. And it's like, oh, this uncouth cross woman. <laughs> uh, by the way, Prime Minister David get a fucking phone book or use your connections to find out where this, you can find out her name and yeah. find out where she lives. You don't need to go knock on every door, which by the way, she lives next door to Mia, that trollop. Yeah. Knock. What the hell? <laughs> that was trollop. random. 
She had yes. the necklace on as well. So mm-hmm. many, I guess it was just to be like, oh, they connected. But when she closed the door, I was like, okay, why? We just did we did we need that, David Curtis? I don't want to see any more of Mia. No, I don't. We don't need to do that. But yeah, he gets a car, goes to um, yeah, visit Natalie. Can the the prime minister can just grab a car like that and have one person with him, I guess, to do? Because again, if a president a president don't know if a president can do that. Obviously, I won't know in that sense. But yeah. could he could he say, hey, I need to go out on the down low? Would it just be mm-hmm. one? But he's getting a police escort here. So he's yeah, drawing that's attention what I wrote. Himself. I wrote down what is the angle here? Because you're going out, you're sneaking out saying, don't wait up, get me a car. And then you've got a police with this blues and twos going woo, 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 like a police escort up this random civilian street. Yes. And yeah, so I, I don't feel like he would take the police escort. That would be inappropriate. But I do think if uh, if the PM wanted to get out at night and just go out for a drive, they would, but they probably wouldn't go out the front door. They probably have a <laughs> different entrance where the cameras the and everything paparazzi would be. would yeah. be. <laughs> yeah, so he's knocking on these doors and we get these stupid little English guys. Please, sir, will you sing us a carol here? Hello, sing us a song here, love. Please sing for us. Please sing for us. And yeah, the... Uh, uh, but another laugh out loud. The guard having this oh just my God, smooth, so good. baritone voice got a got a nice cackle out of me. Very, very well delivered. Out of nowhere. And, and Hugh even Grant's like, look back Grant's like, like, oh, oh shit. Oh, yeah, okay, okay, good. He, he can lead us in here, but yes. <laughs> yeah, so that's where I have on that because it ties at the end kind of everything. Um, mm. and I don't my favorite know... moment from the end of their story before we get to yeah. the play is when he's like, oh, well, I'll give you a lift and we can talk about it in the car. And then they're sat in the car and they've got this kid dressed as an octopus in the middle of them. And then the kid tries to get out of the car and he's just like rolling out. And I just thought, oh, it's so stupid, but it's so funny. Yeah, that was that was the good in there is he's like, well, we'll just have her. And then he's sitting in the middle. He's like, oh, uh, uh, thank There's you. There's an octopus in between us. Uh, thank you for coming out. She apologizes like any good woman should do. She should apologize when a man is going to, you know, grab her and molest her, get a little grabby. Yeah, of course. It's her fault, of course. Yeah. Yes, and she she does she does apologize in there. Okay. Uh, uh so I, I did love her shooting her shot via Christmas card, by the way. Yeah, why not? She should have put her number in there though. Yeah, like this is how to contact me. You're yeah, saying well, I'm yours, but also I, you don't know my surname. Yeah. Well, again, <laughs> he could he's a goddamn prime minister. He yeah. could get anybody's information on anything. But yeah, the the dad calls her plumpy. I was like, what the fuck? Did he just call her plumpy? I know, I know. It's the, the plumpy get. I'm like, bro, okay, chill. This movie needs a fucking chill when it comes to this uh, body shame. This is body shaming, like making fun oh, of. Fully. Yes, this is this is it right here. So I don't remember where I put the rest of their story. It must have been tied into somebody else's. So I guess we can just go because the ties next... in, all of them tie in at this play at the end. Well, a few, quite a few of them at yeah. the the school show. Yeah. So I have the the next one here. We have is Daniel, Sam, Joanna, and Carol. And again, Liam Neeson is in another movie where he has to be sad. And this again hits a little bit harder for oh, me because no, no, no. Liam Neeson's like wife actually died suddenly. Natasha Richardson in two thousand nine. So this is obviously before. Yeah. But I mm-hmm. think of it and I'm just like, oh God, was this? Mm-hmm. Eh, no, I don't. Even That's think all about I it. could think. All I could think yeah. whenever he was stood at the front. I think it's in the very early part of the film where he stood uh, at his wife's funeral talking about her. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, oh man, that was one of the first things I googled. Is when did his IRL wife die? And it was yeah, you're right, 2009, I think. 
Yeah, it's, um, and, and it's so so sad. Yeah, stepson, stepson is played by, uh, I would say stepson Sam. There you go. It's played by yeah. Jojen Reed in his massive <laughs> fucking head. The biggest head <laughs> in the world is on the top of this kid's shoulders. Yeah, he is a a, a very. I don't want to say strange because it sounds nasty, but he's quite unique looking young boy. I think it just has to do with he has a massive head and with big eyes. Big eyes, yeah. With the big head. He looks exactly the same as yeah. he would be 10 years later. He would Game be playing Jojen Reed. And it's just, this is a mini, like, how does this kid look exactly the same? Yeah, it is quite creepy, actually. But I think he has definitely, I mean, I don't know what age he is now, but I saw a photo of him on Wikipedia and I was like, oh, okay, you look like an adult now. Yeah, I think it was in the Divergent series also I saw. I never saw yes. those movies, but I saw that he was in them. He's still got the same cute little face, though. He's three years older than me. Oh, my is God, it? he was born on the 16th of May, nearly the same birthday as me. 16th of May. But yeah, this uh, did. This is where, uh, fuck, Karen. Karen is his manager or something or works with him. I think with... they're just friends. Oh, they're just friends? I think they it comes across like they're just mates. Okay. Well, they're friends and they talk about that, yeah, maybe he has to deal with his kid injecting heroin in his eyeballs. Mm. And then Liam Neeson starts crying. And this might have been oh. the first time somebody started crying. And I'm like, this is a lighthearted movie. What is going on? I was not prepared for all this schmaltzy bullshit. Give me a stupid romp. And let me enjoy my hot cocoa. Yeah, it was a bit out of nowhere. He just breaks down when his friend, she's talking about how your wife has just died. And yeah, he breaks down and she calls him a sissy. Yeah, I mean, who hasn't been there? I, Whoa. I'm still, when I see Taken crying on screen, I call him something worse than a sissy. <laughs> I call him something. No. No, I can't no. find the note because I wrote down the whole quote exactly. Yeah, Let but, and, but again, going back to the time, men, you ain't crying 2003. I don't care if your wife just died. If you're going to cry, go cry in a room and don't tell anybody. The fact that he's crying in front of company, even though it's his wife that just died, even a woman's going to be like, hey, pussy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here it says, get Suck a grip. People, people hate sissies and nobody is ever going to shag you if you cry yes. all the time. <laughs> yeah, and just I love Liam Neeson. Obviously, Northern Ireland's own special, yes, special place. You know, all Texans in Northern Irish have a special place on this podcast. Mm -hmm. This storyline with him and Sam takes a turn because I was not expecting the kid to be love lovesick with somebody. I know, I know. Yeah. From that moment on, this is not a step an adult stepson and a I don't know what ten year old, twelve year old kid or something like that. Whoever this yeah. kid is, this becomes a fucking frat house romp. Where Liam Neeson so is talking to this kid like he's his friend, like mm -hmm. Colin, who's trying to go get laid over there. Yeah. They he cusses to this kid very <gasps> yeah, openly. He does. Which, which I'm like, the first one he did, I'm like, okay, good, he's bonding. He's letting the kid cuss. Okay, fine, that's okay. Like now you, you gotta be a little bit cool to understand because the stepson, you know, the mom's gone. You gotta do yes. that. He just openly dropping F bombs, talking about. I don't know if he, the kid might have mentioned something about him getting laid or something like that yes. or having a having a woman over and it just kept going on and I'm like I like this storyline I do I like I like it but it's getting too weird. Yeah, there was like there's cuz he's trying his best to like be 
to the relate thing to is, him. Yeah, exactly. He's trying to bond with him. Yeah, bond. There he you thinks go. that he's just depressed because his mother's passed away, which is fair enough. But yeah, it comes out that he is actually lovesick and he's like, okay, we can bond. We can use this as a bonding. And it's know, so cute at first. He's like, he's so like, oh, cute. thank God. I thought you were depressed. Okay, this is great. He's so into it. And I love it from there. It's just the stuff he says gets yeah. me just weirded out. It's crazy. It's because I think that the, the young kid explains the situation and Liam Neeson just goes, oh, well, you're fucked. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> you just, you're, I kind but of again, love it. Do it, do it in his Northern Irish accent, which he was doing. Oh, he was. Yeah. Do it, do and it. It, was, it was his very gruff. Oh, you're fucked. You're fucked. Yeah. You're just, fucked. And, and again, it always used to be taken. It's just, he's taken, yeah. you know, he'll always be, he he'll always do that. He won't be Michael Collins anymore to me. <laughs> like he was <laughs> like the movie that they did. That's what we should do. Oh my God. When, when Ireland reunifies. Oh my God. We're doing Irish month and we're doing Michael Collins. Holy shit. I, I'm telling you. God, I don't know please. if that's ever going to happen. It's never been closer. Brexit. Mm. Brexit's a big thing. Brexit's it a is a big thing, thing. but if, the people of Northern Ireland. I know, I know, I know. They're cr- they're crazy, man. I know, but God, I can dream, right? I'm telling you, as soon as it happens, I am on the next flight over, <laughs> and I am just going to get obliterated. Oh, just... it will be. It won't. It'll be riots. not to Northern so Ireland. No, I'm not going to fucking Northern Ireland. Why would anybody yeah. go there? No I'm kidding. Oh I'm kidding. God, I'd no, go to I Dublin. Mean, I moved away, so I, I know. Can't talk. I, yes, I'm not going to go to Belfast and do it. No, I'm not <laughs> fucking stupid. I'm going to go to Dublin. Riot. I know. Oh That's my like... God, it would it would be insane. I would have to go and I would have to go get my mom and my sister and bring them here and just be like, "Well, you live here now, so y'all are here now." No, but I'm saying I like how you think that I would just go to Belfast to do it. I'm like, yeah, no, let's I'm go. Not... Let's fucking riot. Yeah, bring your balaclava. Yeah, let's go. Oh, I'm gonna go there and I'm gonna call it an Irish car. I'm claim. I'm reclaiming it. God oh damn no, it. don't reclaim that. Okay, I won't no, do that. No, I won't no. do that. I'll oh be nice God. over there, but here I'll call it that. Okay. Yeah. So. Liam Neeson talks way too much about sex with this little runt. I have I have in the middle of this, before the end of the play or before any of that, I have a song rings out and they kiss. Uh, who? What, what, who kisses? What, I don't know. Why did I write that down? <laughs> oh, oh, the prime minister. But I have this under Daniel, Sam, Joe. No, this is before the. Pl- oh, I must have put it in. With During there. the play. Yeah, you're right. I do. No, that's where it's I have not that a play. Later. It's a show. It's a show. Yeah, that's but I, the only time. That's the only people that kiss in the show, right? I know, but I have this under here. Why would I put it there? Sure, we'll go with that. We'll go with that. But yeah, at the end of this play, he convinces Sam to go tell the gale he loves, an American girl, by the way, to go mm-hmm. to the airport. If they can't get on the plane without a boarding pass, and hold on, hold on, let's hold dial on. it back. Dial it back. The start of the film to someone whose name I didn't know until the end, and I see Rufus. I'm like, who oh, shit, fuck yeah. is Rufus? <laughs> Who's Rufus? Oh, it's Mr. Bean. Rufus is fucking Mr. Bean, Rowan Atkinson. And I'm just going to come in peace and my hands are up. I've never liked Rowan Atkinson. I've never I've never liked him in anything. I never watched nor enjoyed Mr. Bean or any of the clips. I love British comedy. Give me Monty Python. Give me all that shit. Give me the kitchen, whatever that was. The chef. Did you like Blackadder? I don't think I've. Oh yes, I watched Black Adder. I watched I the episodes like of Black, Black Adder. Adder when I was in England. Fucking history. Oh, it was fucking hilarious. Loved it. I yeah. think it was the first, like the first episode or something like that. Loved it. I've never gotten it. He shows up here, starts killing time like he did earlier, wrapping that gift. 
And then he turns around and like winks, gives, yeah. gives a look. And I, again, I'm just going, what did I miss? I wasn't paying that much attention. So I looked it up. Apparently in the first go around of the script, he was supposed to be a fucking angel. And they uh, cut that and cut other scenes. I'm like, Michael Curtis, you're a great who's writer. Michael Curtis? Sorry. Who's the director? Curtis? Richard, Richard Curtis. Richard Curtis. I was saying Michael Collins on my hand. Richard Curtis. <laughs> you, obviously, you're a great writer. You do what you do in there. Directing. Sure, you know, that works out pretty well. Pretty well directed. Did you edit this yourself? Because holy <laughs> fuck. If you cut that out, cut what? This makes no sense. Why does he know him? <laughs> Why He just destroyed... So, oh my God, fuck this thing right here. I hated it. Hated it. Yeah, because he only shows up in the film uh, once before yes, and he is it. the jeweler. Yeah. And Taking that's, his and sweet I, time. Ho, ho, I get it. Look, he's so bumbling. He's doing it. God, you still. Oh. Yeah. And then the wink at William Neeson was like, oh, I, I didn't even bother. He knows him? Yeah. I just didn't even bother to put what the fuck because I can't just yeah. move on, show this kid. So yes, he doesn't have the boarding pass. Hold on. He sneaks. Yeah, he sneaks out to take a guy, all that. Runs through security. It, did you wonder how he was doing these weird moves? Like he was so quick out running and doing these little jumps? No. Okay, because well, guess I what? I thought he was just, you know, Guess what parkour. else they cut out? He was a gymnast. Sam was <laughs> a gymnast. And this was a whole huge CGI thing that they had down. Oh, well, they had my to, God. Well, they had to cut all that shit out. Because I'm saying here, this little shit is out running these grown ass men. <laughs> worst fucking athletes in the world you yeah Brits. i i only noticed it when he does like a, a vault over a a barrier he does yes. like he pushes and he swings his legs around. and i was like that was strange through the metal detector <laughs> i'm like you know what i missed it i wasn't paying attention no no this is i noticed that as well i thought are kids really fast or is it just because he's small he can get through things i don't know he managed to get away from everyone but the biggest thing for me is this film started off mentioning 9-11, which happened like two years prior to this film releasing. And he's like encouraging, this is probably when airport security was at its max. And he's like encouraging his child to sneak through security and run through an airport. And I was like, no, don't do that. This you is wouldn't Christmas do that. Eve, right? <laughs> yes. Your security is shit on Christmas Eve. <laughs> Jesus. It was ridiculous. So that was my my thinking in this moment. And then, yeah, how is this child vaulting over barriers? Redonkulous. And then the last thing I have on here is she gives him a kiss, and I cringe to death. Yeah, it was a weird a weird match. And she still goes to America, right? She comes back at the end. She come. Okay. Did we talk about? Oh no. Oh no, because we still have Colin, Tony, and the American girls. And yeah. we can be like, oh, that was kind of weird. Oh, from the get go, are we supposed to like Colin? Is I hope a... not, because the what? first thing he says in the film put me off immediately. What is it? What did he say? Because I've got it fucking down. Okay. The first thing I have is he approaches someone and says, morning, my future wife. No, he did something before that. Did he? I missed he did it. What was it? He's passing out things. And I'm pretty sure what he passes out to this like little girl. He says something about trying his nuts. Oh no. Bro, this what I just I was like, okay, good. Well, we have the sex, the sex uh fucking sex pest. The sex Brilliant. pest right here. Yeah. Well, I'm not sex addict. We're trying to sex offender. Fucking sex yeah. criminal. The kid, <laughs> we have a, a fucking villain of the story. 
So he does that. And yes, yeah, they're my future wife. And he's so just, so, yeah, he looks like, mm. okay. First off, this is fucking Ron Weasley looking ass right here. He was too old <laughs> to get it. This is creeper fucking Ron Weasley. If you ever went full fucking sex pest incel in that, this guy fucking sucks. Everything yeah. he says is this to say, like, we need to get the fucking 20 year old frat bros, the people who just want to get laid. Did anybody look at this and be like, yeah, that's me? Because even if you were that, he comes off so shit. He, of course, yeah. blames the women. Hey, these stuck up British girls are it. Yeah. I need to go to America where I'm exotic. You're not half wrong there. Okay. You're not half wrong. Mm -hmm. if yeah. you are, oh, yeah. it works. It works. Oh, and, it's yeah. the, and it's the same thing there when I was fucking over there in France and in England. You know, I really played up that, you know, Texan draw there. Yeah. Talking, hey, howdy. <laughs> howdy there. Oh, you know, I'm from Texas. How y'all doing? You know, I yeah, played it I up in it. <laughs> and it fucking worked and it was and good the fish and chip shop <laughs> the fish and chips i was dying you know, i was like yeah just how do y'all and they're like oh where are you from I'm, I'm texas you know dallas playing it up cowboy sure whatever i'll play the role all right you know what? i do have a horse sure yes of course i have a horse in there <laughs> no nah, i don't really take it sometimes but yeah whatever they want to hear it all right play it up so this right here was awful this was horrible and i kept thinking he's gonna be the lesson of the movie like he's going to yeah. get his comeuppance. Like all the women are in there saying, well, one guy, one guy says, you know, not get it right there. I do think it's funny that he goes to Wisconsin. The reason yeah, I was like, where the reason being is because they said that everybody would go to New York. Everybody would go to the big cities and that he would be more exotic in, yes. in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And I'll tell you what, <laughs> you know what? Wisconsin is one of the five states I haven't been to. All right. Is so it? Okay. Yeah, so I can't say I've been there. No, but I'll tell you what. Go to Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Say, take me to a local bar and see if you can find three fucking models. Yeah. I I, I hated everything about the storyline except one thing. The one thing is when he gets there and he talks to Ivana Milosevic. I can't remember her name. It's not Milosevic. That was in there. I've seen a bunch <laughs> of stuff. She talks to her friend and she turns around and behind the jukebox, there is a pennant hanging on the wall. A pennant. That pennant is of the Midland Rockhounds. The Midland Rockhounds are the double A, the minor league baseball team of my favorite team, the Oakland Athletics, soon to be oh. deceased Oakland Athletics. And not only that, so Midland is in Wisconsin, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No, it's not. It's in Texas. It's in oh. West Texas. And I did a double take of why the fuck is there a Midland <laughs> Rockhounds pennant in this Milwaukee, Wisconsin? Bar? That was the only redeeming thing of this. This storyline should be offensive to everybody. In yep. so many ways, it is such, it is a porn. It's a porn. It's a porn storyline. It is. Yeah. Yeah. All of these. And again, it's Elijah Cuthbert comes in. Eventually it's Shannon Elizabeth. Like I said, it's Savannah. I can't remember her name. It's yeah. not just, oh, we'll get these all American girls. No, it is literally the hottest women you could get in 2003. And it just keeps going. Oh, we only have one place. Oh, we only yeah. have one bed. It's oh, so we stupid. have to sleep. And it just keeps going. I'm like, they're going to rob him. I have it down. They're totally going to rob him, right? He's going to wake up in a bathtub full of ice. He's not going to mm -hmm. have a kidney. And they go back and they're undressing him. And he gets to bang all these women. And then at the end, he shows up and he brings fucking Denise Richards for his friend who wants to fuck him right there in the airport. This is my most hated thing in a movie I think I may have ever seen period put this at the top I yeah I just it is so gross 
It's unnecessary. It adds nothing to the movie. It is a man's fucking wet dream. Yeah, I was really hoping that it was going to, like you like you said, he was going to be a lesson and that he was going to think he was living this dream, think that he was going to show all his friends back in dream. the UK. Yeah, and it was either going to be, yeah, all a big dream or, you know, he was like, yeah, getting robbed would have been a good one. Yeah, go back. He's believing all this absolute bullshit from these women. And yeah, if he got robbed, that would have been hilarious. But he just, he gets away with it. He comes back and he's got all these hot girls following him. And I just think nobody would think you were special. They might enjoy your accent for a bit, but that would be the the up and down of it. Like that would be it. Well, it, 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 I could see where it's just like, okay, well, somebody might want to do it, but that's why you go to New York and that's why you go bar hopping and you find it. You don't go into the first bar and find a fucking Eastern European model. <laughs> No, <laughs> with her and then friends, three friends, yeah, and then you have this reverse gangbang back at <laughs> their ridiculous. place. It is it's so stupid. I hated the whole thing, to be honest. I hate that whole storyline. Like, That's I'm my not least a, favorite. I'm not joking. I'd like to see what movie we watch where I will hate a single solitary storyline more than this of any movie ever. It is offensive on so many levels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my God. I, I don't know who hate. would enjoy that. I don't get who it's That's for. A, a fucking 15 year old guy that wants to just yeah. bang some American That's just whores. stupid. Yeah. Yes. That's just like a bit naive as such. Yeah. It's so dumb. Can we just get to the epilogue? Is there anything else we want to talk about for the epilogue? Not really. Good. Thank you. <laughs> okay. No. So we get, we get to the epilogue. It's one month later. The Beach Boys, God only knows, replays over and over. All mm. these awful people apparently know each other, and I slit my fucking throat, and the movie <laughs> ends. But why? We didn't even mention Claudia Schiffer shows up. Yes, he did mention earlier. Maybe it was Claudia Schiffer, and she shows up. We talked about that she got $300,000. Could you imagine? It's insane for, for like probably an afternoon's work. Had yep. to be a day max of filming. Yeah. $300,000 to do that. But she's looking great. Good for good for Liam Neeson. And I just, I fucking hate this movie. It's over. <laughs> I just, I'm done. I have had my catharsis. I was shaking last night. You, I don't know if you saw it in Discord. Because I responded yeah, I, I in I saw a few bits. Some some people wound me up. I don't remember who it was. <laughs> and just, I mean, I just screaming for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. I in I didn't enjoy this as much as I remembered. I used to think it was like a real classic Christmassy film, but there's too much of it now that I think is so dated and unenjoyable that I, I don't want to watch it again. In a bad dating, you you can date some things and be like. Okay, you're not going to judge it. You're not going to cancel it. Her, her, nothing like that. But you no. look at it and you're like, okay, man, that's actually a good thing that's dated to that time because of technology yeah. or for what, or for whatever reason. But it's stuff like we just talked about there where that storyline, how was that not gross at the time? Like, yeah. How, yeah. Like how did some people not, I don't know. I, I, and we're not judging in that sense. We're not saying, I'll oh, go and think like there. But yes, it doesn't hold up. It's just, it's bad. It's just not enjoyable. There's not there's enjoyable. parts that I wish there was more of. I wish there was just a whole film of the Prime Minister yeah. and Natalie. I love their story. I thought all of their parts were funny and charming and just, you know, that would have been a great Christmas film, just them. A 90, I'm not bothered yes, at all by Jamie 90, and Aurelia. No, no terrible, terrible. But a 90-minute movie of them 
Yeah. Boom. Get that in there. Pri- single prime minister finding love. And you can say like, okay, maybe she goes away for a bit. And then we learn about her, but his conflict mm-hmm. is with the boorish George W. Bush vice, uh, president there where he's pushing yeah. back against America. And you have that lead up and you get that. And he's like, man, I do. I can can do whatever I want. I'm going to go date somebody beneath my claws because I know that's a much bigger thing in England yeah. to do. That's a fucking 90 minute great fucking movie. Yeah, I would have loved that a lot more. And I don't ever want to watch Emma Thompson acting her heart out there again. That, no, that's, like, that's too much. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see Emma Thompson and Liam Neeson crying for their cheating and dead spouses in this <laughs> no. movie. All right. So that's it. That is cool. That is Love Actually 2003. We're going to do the D&D classes, which will be fun. Oh, my God. Because this is the hardest one to do, probably the worst one to do. And then we'll get to the tier list. All right. So the D&D class, we chose four in here, the four most fitting uh, that we would do. So the first one we have is David, that would be the prime minister. And we have him as a fighter because you know what? He just started fighting in the – he started fighting for the United Kingdom and Great Britain herself against the piggish American president. <laughs> and not only did that, he then started fighting for his love. Love, yes. He went out into the night. He kissed uh, her on stage in front of everybody, learned to do it. Oh, yeah. She also just runs up and just kind of jumps on him at the end. Oh, my like, God. Yeah, that's got that's going to be scandalous even back then. Yeah. Maybe just maybe not do that if you're going to be whatever. Y'all, oh, yeah. What do y'all call y'all's first ladies? Just his wife. Mrs. Number 10. Sure. OK. Mrs. Downing Street. <laughs> no, I don't think there is an official title. I think it would just be Mrs. Prime Minister's wife. Yeah. Deservedly so. Okay. You know what? I'm gonna double check that because I'm pretty sure. Or prime minister's husband, in the case of yeah, Margaret yeah, Thatcher, which rest in piss. Yeah, or um, Theresa May. Wait, y'all had another? Oh, y'all did have another one. Yeah. No, we don't okay. call it. Yeah, it's saying here that we called him the first lady, but we we absolutely y'all don't. need to bring back that cat as the prime minister. Oh, he's that still cat around. Needs I think. To be prime minister, good. He needs to be in charge. All right, who's the next one that we have? The next one we have down is Billy Mack, and this was kind of an obvious choice. Obvious, he yeah. is a bard through and through. He is on this journey to get a number one hit. He's inspiring everyone in this film and everyone around the country yeah. with his words, his music. Loved him. Yeah, that's all he is, really. I think it was an obvious choice. It is Bill Nye. Come on, it's got to be. Exactly. All right, next up, we have Karen. And this is where it starts to get a little bit tricky. (laughs) And while we didn't like it, we didn't like that Karen stayed to the end. She was true to her oath. She wasn't an oath breaker. Therefore, we have her as a paladin. Yes, she didn't want to break up her marriage. The words that she, you know, vowed to keep to her husband, regardless of what happens. She wants to keep the family together. And yeah, Paladin seemed right for her. Break that oath, girl. Those kids should not be raised in a loveless marriage. All right. And the last one, you get get the trollop. (laughs) Yeah. So the last one we picked was Mia. And Mia is fully a rogue, even though I would say sometimes she's not incredibly sneaky. She is completely out there. True. True. Yeah. That might be one that could be up for discussion. She failed. uh... She failed the stealth checks (laughs) a couple times. (laughs) But it's a lot of trickery. And, you know, she uses her word. She's very clever. And um, you know what? Not that sneaky because there was parts where they're at the Christmas party and, you know, the wife is right there and she's like, come and dance. I was like, OK, wow, I would, uh, you know, Emma is 
a lot cool, more cool comic collected than I would have been. So bad. And yeah, that was, she's a German actor, Heike Makach. I don't I butchered that, obviously. Do you know at this time who her partner was? At the time? No, yeah. I do not. Daniel Craig. Shut up. She was with Daniel Craig from like 97 to 04, yes. something like that. How about that? Wow. Good for How her. about that? And then Daniel Craig saw this and couldn't change the character from the actress. Yeah. I thought she was going to cheat on me. And then he was gone. And he got James Bond. So, yeah. And go. Rachel Weisz. Rachel so Weisz. Who's the winner yeah. there, really? God Sorry, damn, Mia. I'm going to... I. Uh, yeah, I feel bad now. I too. hate this actress. And I'm like, sorry, well, no, I just hate Mia. Okay, I just hate please, Mia. Please separate, don't be, separate. <laughs> yes, don't be like the people that hated Jack Gleason oh, for I Joffrey know, and I ran know. that poor soul off. Okay. It's absolutely insane. It's insane. All right. So there are our D&D classes as best we could do. Now to the <laughs> tier list rankings. Oh, but I don't think people are just like, oh, it's going to be D. So we do from S to A to B to C to D. D, obviously the worst, S being the highest. And usually the separation is the C and the D between not liking and the A to B to up there, S to the top. I will go ahead and be quick with this because I've been very long-winded in everything else leading up to it. I did hate this movie, but mm -hmm. to me, the difference between a C tier and a D tier is the D tier I would simply never in a million years watch again. I would watch this again with a few drinks and somebody absolutely taking the piss out of it and screaming at it, <laughs> making fun of it. This is a terrible movie. I hate it. There are certain moments of it, as I've stated before, that I hate more than anything I've ever seen, <laughs> but I will give it a C tier because yeah. if anybody ever is just like, hey, let's get some drinks and make fun of Love Actually, I'll be there. So C tier for me. Yeah, it's going to be C for me as well. I don't hate it or dislike it enough to make it a D tier. I would watch it again. There's parts that I enjoy and there's a lot of iconic moments that I love to laugh at, like Andy Lincoln's dramatic walking, um, the prime minister dancing to uh, jump. I love those moments and it's just kind of, they're quite joyful, but... Having rewatched it today after a long time, there's a lot of parts that I really dislike and don't enjoy watching, even just to make fun of. So it would be a C for me. There's a there is a solid director's cut where you can cut out probably 45 minutes of it to make this a damn good yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah, maybe we should do that. Absolutely not. Somebody out there can do it, <laughs> and uh, you can send to us, and we'll take That's credit that. for it. Yay! <laughs> All right, so stick around again to the very end after the outro. We will tell you what we are covering next week to continue. Not spooky season, but unspooky season, Christmas season. But again, email us pod on the path at gmail.com. Find out the patreon.com backslash on the path. By the time you listen to this, Die Hard will probably be out. That will be our December mm -hmm. movie, Wicker Man before all that fun stuff. Uh, dozens of hours of extra stuff at only $5 a month. Check out the Discord link, all the social links below. Lucy, where can we find you? You will find me at Lucy J. Robin on pretty much any social media. I've had a couple of people in my YouTube comments recently uh, saying that they've come from listening to the podcast to checking out my Mass Effect series, which has been super cool. So thank you for that. Um, but yeah, I'm just on there at Lucy J. Robin. OTPers on the path. Yeah, I loved that. They said, hey, I'm an on the path there. I thought that's really cute. I'm yes. I'm going to steal that. Yeah, if that is the case, yes, comment there. Let us know. Or comment, yeah, comment on her 
YouTube and let us know. Uh, you can mainly find me just on the Discord link. No public socials. Next week, we continue our warm, snuggly season with an absolute classic from the 80s directed oh by Chris Columbus. We are going to talk about Gremlins. I can't freaking wait. Can't, I have not seen this movie in 20 years. Yeah, same. I don't remember it at all. I just remember Gizmo. I remember so much of it, though, because this was this was an early Christmas staple because me and my brother were obsessed with it because I think it was rated PG. I think it might have come out before Ooh. the PG-13. It was Yeah, so it was like kid-friendly, but it was scary as yes. shit. My first dog's name was Gizmo. I had a cat called Gizmo. There you go. So yes, yeah, we can talk I remember about being terrified of this too. I remember you telling that story too. I think about the cat. I think about your cat. I think you what told one? that story before, right? I don't think I've told a story about Gizmo. Maybe it said off mic. What was the story? Do you remember? I don't remember. I was hoping you would say it now. No, I don't. I don't, I don't have any stories about Gizmo. There was, I, there was, oh, there was something about a cat. Maybe. Do you, you have a different cat? I've had loads of cats. Yeah. No, there was some, oh, was it a black cat? Yeah, I have Salem. That's what it was. It was Salem during Hocus Pocus. That's what it oh, was. Okay. okay, yeah, Salem. That was yeah. it. All right, well, stay tuned till uh, stories about yeah. our animals named Gizmo. But that'll be next month with Gremlins. We love you. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Yeah, it's here, everyone.